Welcome to the People of Canterbury Baptist, a podcast where we meet the people of Canterbury Baptist Church in Melbourne, Australia, hear their stories and explore ideas relevant to our church and community. My name is Stephen and for today's episode, let's meet Ben. Hey Ben, welcome to the People of Canterbury Baptist Podcast. It's great to have you here. Thanks Stephen, it's good to be here. Now of course I've got to start off with a question that everyone knows I start with, which is where were you born? I was born in Melbourne. Oh, how exciting. I was Indeed. hoping for, for a more exotic answer, but uh, I didn't, didn't, didn't quite get it. So let's say Melbourne. Where in Melbourne? A hospital is about <laughs> all I can give you on that, I'm afraid. Um, uh, I think it was Royal Women's or, you know, one of those. So um, so when your parents gave birth to you and then brought you back home, what yep. suburb were you living in? Uh, it was St Kilda initially. Now, your parents are known to most of us in the church community and, of course, your father, uh, well, he's, he's known to me now as a professor and, uh, and of, of a New Testament at Whitley College. Was your father a, an academic back when you were born? No, he was an upper primary school teacher. I want to say grade five and six, but it was a while ago. Um, yeah. So at, at some point, and I'm sure as the story unfolds, we'll, you know, we'll begin to intersect with a few of those, uh, those other themes. Um, what's your first memory my first memory, I think it would have to be in the flat that we were living in, in St Kilda, uh, in the lounge room with a heap of Duplo in front of me, building a train. So building was his first memory. This this might uh, preempt something. This might be a foreshadowing of something yeah. that you've sort of got to later on in life. Yeah, I got, I got that impression. Uh, yeah, first memory... Probably second and third. Um, remember drawing rockets, that sort of thing. All right, rockets. A lot of vehicles. Vehicles, uh, uh, aerobatics. I don't know. Let's uh, let's keep going and let's see if yeah. some of these themes might come back later on in our in our yeah. conversation. Yeah. Um, did, do you have any brothers or sisters? Yes, I've got three brothers, all younger. Yeah. Uh, in alphabetical order. So you went to you started going to school, Ransom Kilda. I, let's see, we were in St Kilda until I was four. Then we moved to Box Hill, uh, Canterbury Road initially, and then to my parents' current home uh, in uh, Box Hill. So I went to school opposite their house, uh, started at uh, the then Box Hill South Primary School, which was later renamed Roberts McCoven. Um, if we could go back in time and see you as a primary school age student, how would you describe yourself? Were you studious? Were you distracted? Were you interested? Were you bored? Um, I, w- I was interested in specific topics and I don't have much memory of other ones. So, yeah, I, I remember finding school pretty pretty straightforward, um, you know, getting into things, not having too many struggles. Do you find yourself having a memory of, of lots and lots of friends or, or were you more a person who maybe spent time spent time with yourself, maybe reading or doing other things? Um, I always had a, a reasonable number of friends, never been a, a social butterfly exactly, but, uh, you know, I've, I guess, always had a few close friends. Now, at some point in this primary school year, I know that your life took you outside of Australia. So can you maybe just frame what happened there? Yeah, so my dad's... Uh, had been studying for his PhD uh, in my 
early childhood. Uh, one of my other early memories is um, my brother, you know, we were, we'd play around on this Mac that he had, a Mac Plus, because it would do, uh, you know, Greek text and that sort of thing. Um, and he'd installed this little, uh, you know, aftermarket extension thing where uh, if you drag something to the trash can, uh, Oscar the Grouch from Sesame Street would pop up and sing a little song about how much he loves trash. <laughs> Obviously, you know, my brother and I were taken with this and uh, at some point, uh, I think a chapter of his PhD thesis ended up there. No. Uh, it was the days before backups. So I think that was. Uh, oh, wow. That, that was another uh, one of those early memories. Um, so, yeah, he, he'd, uh, he'd completed his PhD um, and was looking for employment as a theologian. There not being too many jobs going uh, in theology in Australia, uh, he, uh, I guess, expanded his search, um, ended up finding uh, a, uh, a position as a professor of New Testament at the International Baptist Theological Seminary in uh, Rischlikon, Switzerland. So that was sort of American-funded and, yeah, pretty uh, international in outlook, I guess. But, uh, yeah, so we moved across there uh, during my first year of primary school. So this is your prep year. You were, what, roughly what, yeah. five, maybe six years old? I was – I think I just turned six – and uh, how many years were you there for? Uh, we were there for three years in total. And so what's, what's your memory of that experience, being transplanted from Australia to Switzerland, different language, different culture? I'm assuming that you went to school over there as well. So there's this whole culture language schooling change that you, you had to adjust to as a six-year-old. Yeah, I, I think um, – and, and, you know, having had kids since, I, I sort of think, yeah, my parents – that was a huge thing they took on, uh, and it must have been incredibly difficult for them. It didn't. It didn't seem difficult at the time. It just sort of seemed like, oh yeah, we're in a new place now. Um, you know, missed friends and that sort of thing. But uh, starting a new school, yeah, we started. Uh, There's some question over whether we go to the international school or the local school. We ended up going to the local school, so obviously that was all in Swiss German. But you know, teachers spoke English and could help out a bit. But I remember, yeah, several months in, just sort of realizing that I could actually you know, speak Swiss German now uh, without I, – I don't remember the process of learning, just it was there kind of one day, um, which I th- thought was really interesting, um, just sort of having learned something but not known how I learned it. Um, and, yeah, I, I think uh, you know, I, I think that was a really – I remember it as being a really good time um, – Really interesting time, you know, traveling traveling around Europe a lot, uh, experiencing new things. Yeah. Uh, snow in snow in winter. Yep, yep. That's uh, got the got the skiing thing from there. So, so you continue to ski to this day. Yeah, yeah. As okay. as often as uh, as we're allowed. <laughs> and that came out of your, I guess, your first exposure to snow there in Switzerland, living in that environment for three years. Yeah, yeah. Do you um do you have fond memories of, of of any specific people or events or things that that took place with you? And anything which uh, which kind of sticks out in your brain as you as you take yourself back into those years? Um, my primary school teacher uh, was really good. Uh, so in Switzerland at the time, I don't know about now, um, they uh, would generally keep you with the same teacher for sort of halfway through primary school and the same class in general. Uh, classes were much smaller, so. Uh, there was, uh, yeah, had a much more kind of tight knit 
feel to it. Um, so yeah, my, my teacher and we in fact stayed with her, um, when we returned to Switzerland, uh, when I was in my early teens. Um, and then, yeah, a couple of friends who I've sort of caught up with occasionally, but not in, in regular ongoing contact with, I guess. And so at around age nine, I get, I'm guessing your father's work situation changed and that brought you back to Australia or is, yes. is that the process? Yeah. So the, um, uh, the seminary had uh, done something which uh, angered um, some some of its funders in in the US. Uh, you know, there's uh, I guess Baptist and, and US. There's always a, uh, a political kind of angle to everything. And anyway, they they lost their funding, uh, couldn't afford to stay in Switzerland, so they had to move to uh, the Czech Republic. Uh, so I, my parents sort of had to decide whether they were going to follow uh, the seminary to the Czech Republic or whether to come back to Australia. Um, and by coincidence, there was a position open at Whitley. Um, so, yeah, we ended up moving back to Australia. And so it was it was back in Australia, you, you moved back into the house in Box Hill. Yep. So it was back in Australia that, that you finished primary school and yeah, high school. Yeah, went back to the, same, uh, to the same primary school and then on to Campbell High. So as, as you're now a student in Campbell High, do you have any particular ambitions or, or directions that you would that you were wanting life to take you? Um, I'd always been interested in in engineering, in you know systems, electronics, computers, that sort of stuff. Um, at the time, it was a, a pretty good field to be getting into. A lot happening, um, constant constant change, and really significant year on year development. So it was a, an exciting time, I guess, for people who are into that stuff. And yeah, so I guess I um, I'd always kind of seen myself as going into engineering of of some form, um, but you know wanted to kind of keep my options open, and was also into you know English and German and geography and all kinds of other things that weren't necessarily maths and physics. Kind of a jack of all trades. I got interested and passionate in, in a very wide range of subjects, but nonetheless, there is still this thread, this engineering, machinery, sort mm. of thrill, electronic IT computer yeah. thread that kind of sits there as, as, as a dominant, as a dominant theme. Um, uh, as you go through your, as, uh, as you go through your high school years, did you find yourself coming to a point of, of getting greater clarity on that or was it all sort of vague you know you finish year 12 and it's still like oh, i'm not not quite sure what i want to do with my life um no it was always I, i've never really had a moment of oh i don't really know what i want to do it's more been a process of all of the things that i want to do which one am i actually going to do right now uh, so yeah um uh, after high school, it was pretty much straight into the university degree that seemed most relevant uh, at the time. Which was? Uh, it was a Bachelor of Electronic and Computer Systems Engineering slash Bachelor of Arts double degree at Monash. And art specialising in? Uh, German and geography. Okay, so, so specifically human geography, uh, you know, international development, trade, that sort of stuff. So here you are in your even in your university degree. It's both it's both a, a double degree that keeps all your options open: IT, human geography, and German. But on the other hand, I guess it's also landing on what you've already identified as the th- as three key areas of interest that you've yeah. already had. Yeah. 
Now, in your let's take you all the way back to your childhood, primary school years, time in Switzerland, and then and then high school years, and let's talk faith. Yeah. So you, um, your father was an academic; he was a theologian. Yep. He became a New Testament professor at Whitley College, as you uh, as you told us. Um, so obviously, it's fair to say that you grew up in a Christian household. But I guess for you personally and individually, let's go back to let's go back to early childhood. Yep. Um, what was faith and church for you in your child? years very first church memory was being inside a plastic drum at st kilda uh, the baptist church we were attending at st kilda and uh sort of moving around the room by rolling it over and over from the inside which uh (laughs) yeah i i didn't have much theological awareness at the point i guess um uh and probably Probably the first memory I have of church is a you know place you actually learn about God, as opposed to just a place that you go to that has some people who talk for a long time. Uh, was in Switzerland, so um, yeah, we were sort of at the chapel that was associated with the seminary, and uh, there are a bunch of people from all different countries with all different backgrounds, and yeah, it was uh, my dad. And had a lot of students there and, you know, the students would come around for dinner and there'd be interesting conversations happening. Um, didn't necessarily have the context for everything, but, yeah, I, I think that was sort of the point at which I started thinking about, yeah, what God actually meant. And so, so was there a particular turning point for you or a particular moment, might be a better way to express it, in which fate went from something that your parents had and something that you were just brought in because you were a child of your parents and because you went to church and because you went to these different events. Was there a moment in which faith became more personal to you? Um, I probably started reading more widely in early to mid high school. And then, you know, that's when you're sort of able to have conversations with say youth leaders and others about what you think, as opposed to just sort of tagging along with the, conversations that your parents having so i think there was probably more of a um more of a breadth of uh of experience and conversation that sort of led me to think yeah there's actually stuff to think about here not just well that's how it is and are you able to recall something of that journey Uh, as a teenager as a young person beginning to form something of a faith awareness were there particular questions that were a bit of a stumbling block for, for you, or partic- particular issues about God and the church that you had to, that you felt you had to come to an understanding of, or wrestle through before you felt you you could take that leap of faith? Um, I think I've always had a fairly sort of analytical approach to things, and probably the questions that I found most challenging were around the. Uh, okay, so there's there's all this stuff in the Bible, but what what evidence is there? Um, you know, how, how are we meant to treat this document? Is it is it a history? Is it a bunch of myths? Is it a you know fables and, and parables with a particular moral slant to it? You know, how how am I supposed to understand this? And uh, and if it does make particular claims about how people should live their lives, on what basis are those claims made and, and supported? 
So I always found that uh, challenging, I guess, uh, because it's one of those uh, things that different people come at from quite different directions. And there's probably, you know, just in the wider discourse about it all in society, um, that that's probably the angle that gets pushed the most. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think that that was probably what I took the longest to wrestle with. I take it by that you obviously came to a place where you got clarity on that and you could come to a place in which you could affirm uh, a sense of Christian faith for yourself, although you are slightly pulling your face. So yeah, explain yeah. to me what, what, what's going on in your head as I say that. Probably not Probably not clarity as such, uh, probably more understanding what questions needed to be answered and what questions could just stay questions. And I think for me, you know, although there's sort of uh, an analytical uh, approach that I have, I don't necessarily, I'm fairly concrete. Uh, you know, I'm not really one to get that bogged down in sort of the philosophy of things. Uh, so it sort of came down to a, well, let's look at, at the world and, you know, how would things pan out if some of this stuff was true and how would things pan out if it wasn't? And, um, you know, is this, is this overall a good thing to be doing or a bad thing to be doing? And I, I think I've got clarity on that question at least. So that sort of drives uh, everything else. Like, uh, like how you balance those twin themes of, of deep analysis, but also acknowledgement of mystery. And it's, so it's interesting how that, that's where you came to. You started on the analytical and you've gone a long way down that path and you found a lot of fruitful reflections down that path. But on the other hand, the acknowledgement of mystery. I know this is leaping forward in the story, but if, if we now speak of you now as you are in this present moment, would, would those twin areas still represent maybe the core of, of your faith encounter, that sense of you are primarily intellectual in, in the way that you encounter and engage with faith? But there's also this part in which you recognise there are questions that just can't be answered, or maybe will take a long time to come to, to clarity. So, it's, it's, so do you find yourself living in this moment, still holding onto those twin, those twin areas of an intellectual pursuit combined with an acknowledgement of mystery? Yeah, yeah. I think I've had I'm a lot more comfortable with it mystery, or you know, don't know why it works, just know that it works, and being able to live with that. Uh, than I used to be, so that's that's good. Um, yeah, and and I guess for me, it's it's generally been a an intellectual exercise more so than a you know feeling spiritual type thing. Like I, I just don't, I don't know if I just don't have that part of my brain or or what the deal is there. But yeah, so your ideal church service would be one in which in which there would be a lot of information given, a lot to sort of mentally process and think through yep. and maybe pushing you into, into some areas of mystery in which you can kind of acknowledge, all right, there's, there's great truths being spoken, but, 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 but I've got to acknowledge mystery in that. But nonetheless, that's probably where you sit, whereas maybe the more contemplative style, let's, let's sit and reflect and let's, you know, let's, let's hold a candle and let's, you know, let's be awed yeah. by, yeah. By, by this as, as an analogy of something else. Maybe that expression of worship doesn't quite ring your bell so much. Not so much, not so much. Uh, I mean, it, it's good to do every now and then for a change. And I think one of the things I really liked 
as a, uh, one of the things I hated at the time, but really liked in retrospect, uh, is being dragged around to a bunch of different churches when my dad was speaking at them and just, yeah, enjoying the, uh, the hating at the time, but again, in my mind now, enjoying the diversity of, uh, of the religious experience. Um, is there a moment, people often talk about a conversion moment or a moment in which they just knew that they knew that they knew that they were a follower of Jesus. Other people talk about it being a process where, where one day they look back, almost like, like you learning how to speak German. It's like, oh, I, I'm, I'm now a Christian, I'm not, but I'm not quite sure when that happened. Yeah. Which, which of those two best defines you? Definitely the latter, yeah. Yeah, I've, I, I wish I could have epiphanies or sudden, <laughs> you know, sudden road to Damascus type experiences, but I... No. So, can, can you land on roughly an age though in which you 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 had that conscious thought of I know that I know that I know that I'm a follower of Jesus? Um, probably mid teens, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's good, and I think that's probably a good point just to put a bit of a pause in our conversation. Really appreciate you just journeying us through t- up to the end of your high school, but we've still got. Over half of your life left to, left to go. So I think we've still got... Don't say that. Plenty to talk about, mate. Uh, so, mate, just, uh, thank you for your time. Really do appreciate that. And we look forward to hearing, uh, hearing back from you uh, next time we get together. Thank you. I look forward to it too. And thank you to everyone who has tuned in to listen. This podcast is produced and presented by Stephen Field on behalf of Canterbury Baptist Church, Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email cbc at canterburybaptist.org. If you're a member or regular attender of this church, how about you get in touch with Ben directly and thank him for his contribution today. The music is a song The First Step by Andrew Naylor from his album Two Stones. This album is available wherever you purchase or stream your music. Join us next time as we continue our chats with the people of Canterbury Baptist. Canterbury Baptist